You know, I'm actually the top elite uh, table tennis champion. You are? Yeah. We have a tournament every year with all every student, every teacher, every coach. Okay. <laughs> top elite. It's very. It's a big deal. <laughs> That's amazing. For hand eye coordination. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just for fun before Christmas, but it's. Uh, okay. In every like, uh, in between classes, we play ping pong. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Everyone is uh, quite good. So the school I went to in Sweden yeah. uh, had ping pong tables, but we didn't have rackets, oh. so we always played with hands. Yeah, and uh, volleyball? Uh, no, with a ping pong ball. Okay. Uh, and with hands. Okay. And um, for whatever reason, I used to use my backhand oh. quite often. Like it doesn't make sense, but uh, but I, I I learned how to do it. Yeah. So so even still today when I play. Spike ball. Have you ever played spike ball? No. Do uh, you know what it is? Mm. It's like this trampoline lob ball. I end up do, using my backhand spike a lot. Spike ball. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I played spike ball. Yeah, you played it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always end up like uh, just by habit, like using my backhand yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this game, uh, just because we we played it so much yeah. when we were kids. Um, but yes, that was a perfect intro. Uh, welcome to the Learn Beach Volleyball Fast podcast. Um, I am Alex, I'm the host, and uh, we have guests here today. Uh, <clears throat> before we go into who he is, I'm going to say that one of my main philosophies with the Learn Beach Volleyball Fast project is that whether we're trying to learn volleyball or beach volleyball or something else in life, I think it's a good idea to every now and then try something new mm -hmm. and not assume that you know the best ways to do everything and that's what I'm doing here now because normally I tend to record an episode and then afterwards I record an intro an outro and then I edit them in but let's see if uh, I can make this happen yeah um, so we have Leon guesting us today and uh, we're gonna talk about uh, well should I call it top volley or should I call it Hogwarts? Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think uh, the, the Volley Vikings, the yeah. Norwegians, yeah. they made a YouTube video about it. And I think this is why basically the world knows about this school. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a, it got quite a few likes. So I should link it in the description for this episode. Yeah, it's uh, a great video. Showing, it is. Showing everything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, and um, I met you here. When was it? A week? A bit over a week ago? Yeah, I think so. And uh, we've been playing and training a little bit and I realized... Because you just graduated from there. Yes. Half a year ago? Yeah, half a year ago. Or right before the summer. So just uh, three, four months ago. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. Nice. In June. Nice, nice. So, so I was thinking it might become a very interesting podcast episode to just like... Talk about it talk about it like what was your experience there and what have you learned and what do you think i mean it's it has this i believe it has in the world this kind of hogwarts uh, like uh, yeah um what do you call it uh, not rumor it's like um when yeah, people I, think about it yeah yeah everyone <laughs> knows about it somehow and i've heard about it exactly exactly yeah, that's my experience also uh, yeah, so it would be fun to, to just uh, dive into your brain and, and see what uh, what you guys experienced there and what you think and what you mm -hmm. learn and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what about we first take a little quick 
So you just graduated from there. Yeah. I wrote down that you play on a Norwegian tour. Yep. Uh, how old are you? 19. 19. Yes. Uh, probably the youngest guest on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, when did you start playing volleyball? When I was uh, eight years old. Eight years? Yeah. So it's been a while. Through family or? I, it was um, in my town. We had a beach volleyball a summer camp. Okay. And I just joined because of some of my friends joined. Okay. And uh, I liked it. And uh, I developed quickly, I think. Okay. After when I was quite young. So I was uh, learning fast when I was very young. Okay. That's nice. And then I got addicted. <laughs> like most of us, you know. You caught the bug. Yeah. Uh, okay. When did you get addicted? How fast did that happen? You know, uh, it's, uh, it's funny. I was uh, very serious when I was young. So uh, the, the first uh, six months when I was training from like eight, nine years old, uh-huh. I, uh, I wanted to quit because it was not so serious okay. in practice because we were not uh, training hard enough. You know? <laughs> okay. So I, I said to my parents that we, uh, I don't want to do it anymore because they're playing in practice and I want to like, and they said, okay, just listen to the coach for uh, the next year. Mm-hmm. And if you still don't like it, then you can quit. And I listened to the coach and I developed a lot in my early years. And then I took the step to the, like, uh, the older guys, the older boys, uh-huh. like under 17, under 15. Okay. And uh, then it was funner, more fun. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that, that's actually quite funny because I, I mostly coach adults when I coach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I coach kids. Yeah. Uh, because someone calls me, hey, can you take this? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, fine. It's, it's, and I, I think it's an interesting. Uh, challenge, but that's not my like what I'm mainly focused on. Yeah. Uh, but mainly my f- philosophy with coaching kids is make them addicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, like make sure they have fun so they get addicted. Mm-hmm. So the the main focus is not necessarily to teach them a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's more about making them have fun so yeah. that they, they get want. addicted. Exactly, and once they start to ask questions, mm-hmm. how do I do this? And why does not this work? How yeah. can I serve over them? How can I? Then you start teaching them. I think that's a good strategy. Uh, um, but it almost sounds like you were the opposite. <laughs> yeah, for me it didn't work so well. I, when I saw like these kids uh, building sand castles in practice in beach, <laughs> I was calling my, I was calling the trainer. I said, "This cannot be." <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think I was a strange kid in that way. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on if it's that far that people, the other kids are building sandcastles, then maybe. We were eight years old, so we were kids. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, And then later, did you do other sports as a kid? Actually not. I've been committed for a long time. All the time? Just beach football? Indoor also? Yeah, indoor, indoor as well. So I play both. Uh, okay. And also we do that at Top Volley. So yeah. It's, uh, you played both because you played both before Top Volley or did you play both just because Top Volley is bo- a two, two sports school basically? Both of them. So uh, everyone in Norway or almost everyone in Norway play both when you are youth, like uh, when you're a junior. And okay. also at Top Volley you, do, you don't have a chance to select either beach volleyball or indoor. You, it's kind of part of their philosophy that you combine the both of them and that they complement each other. 
Okay. So um, you, in the indoor season, you play a bit more indoor and we play games. And in the beach volley season, you play more beach volleyball and prepare for the Norwegian tour and championships. Okay, nice, nice, yeah. nice. So, so then when high school in Norway is, wait, that's from uh, 16, 16, 16, 17, 16. 18, right? Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same as in, in Sweden. Differs a little bit country to country. Yeah. Depending on where the listeners are from. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> But uh, so then you had to apply for the top volley school. Mm -hmm. What was the, what was your, what did you think about the school before you started there? What was the story? What was the yeah. expectation? Yeah. So I had older like uh, family friends that went to top volley. So okay. I heard about like uh, how awesome it was and it sounded like paradise for me okay um, so I, I when I was in uh, I was quite young when I decided that uh, I really wanted to go to top volley okay um, uh, but uh, yeah so for me it wasn't a question I always knew that I wanted to go to top volley okay uh, what was the question um, basically what was your you never know what an experience is gonna be like until yeah. you were there like yeah. what did you have like thoughts about what it's gonna be like? Yeah. So was it like that? Was it different? I guess I uh, I thought it was going to be uh, like uh, three very like tough years where we were like uh, almost like a military like. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, that was my uh, like expectations or what I thought because I heard and it is really hard. Don't misunderstand. It's it's uh, two three practices every day and it's um, you need to be disciplined and in many ways mm -hmm. but I think I yeah maybe I didn't really understand what kind of discipline you had to be okay but, uh, so it was a different type of discipline that you thought you need to be uh, okay so I, let me uh, answer it with this uh, okay. topfully you need to be good at three things uh -huh. it's not only the volleyball part um, so I think it's the training uh -huh. It's the social life and it's the school. Okay. So you in Topol it's really important that you are a good person, that you socialize and that you work good as a teammate and in class and in the dorms. Mm -hmm. That is a big part to be a good person. That is like uh, one of the main like uh, morals in the school. Okay. Um, yeah, and also you need to do good at school. If you don't uh, like uh, make it on the exams, you can't go to Topoli the, the next year. Okay. It's, uh, you have to... Uh, so you can get expelled in the middle of the three years? Yeah, it's possible. But of yeah. course, uh, everyone, the teachers try to make sure that doesn't happen, of course. Yeah, yeah. And also the teachers come with us if we travel to other countries. And it's uh, that's one of the really good things that I don't think people know about. It's uh, the school is very flexible and they try to help all the athletes because the athletes often go to national camps or play tournaments mm -hmm. and then they have a test the day after when they come home from a tournament and the teachers are very good at um, adapting and giving more time or giving more classes or yeah. so the teachers at Topoli, big respect from me. Okay, that's amazing. So do you know, was there, um, so Moll and Sorum went to the school? Yes. Do you know, did they start playing well together before they graduated or after? Do you know? 
Oh, that's a good question. I were they a I part of this? Uh, you know, there had to be. I'm not. To, I'm not sure. I think sure. they. I, I think they trained a bit together, but I didn't go to the school then, so I don't. Yeah. I don't know if they trained every day together or. I know that Christian Surim is a bit older, so I guess he yeah. was uh, maybe a bit better than Anders. I know Anders was a, like uh, not physically like grown when he was a first grader. Yeah. And Christian Surim was a third grader and one of the best in the school. Yeah. So I think there was a big difference. Uh -huh. And then they played uh, like a junior national, or they played in a junior national team together and clicked and okay. you know the story from there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, that makes sense. So they didn't necessarily go there together too much, except maybe one year or something. Maybe else. they found each other there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, would you say that? So if we think about training, mm -hmm. obviously we want to get better at beach volleyball in my case, yeah. or volleyball, yeah. whatever the case might be. Uh, would you say there's? But there's many ways to approach this problem, to so to say, how to get better at this sport. Yeah. Would you say that there's a main philosophy in this school, like that comes from the school part, or is it more like they have coaches and the coaches obviously have philosophies? Yeah, that's a good question because we have different uh, different coaches, obviously in different years they they come in. Um, with different training styles and philosophies, of course. Okay. Um, so I think it differs sometimes, but of course we have. Uh, I'm not sure if I, I if I can say that we uh, have one kind of like this is what we do, but we play, uh, especially in beach volleyball. When I was there, we played tournaments every Thursday. We need to get good at playing beach volleyball, you need to play beach volleyball and not only do the drills. Mm -hmm. That was one philosophy. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I can say. Um, because when I was there, there were some coaches and earlier there were different coaches. Uh, and I don't know what they thought when, Before, I, didn't, yeah. when I didn't go there, you know. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So there seems to be at least an emphasis on playing tournaments yeah. and getting that experience. Yeah. Uh, the drills might differ depending on yeah. the coaches. Yeah. Did you go through a lot of different coaches during your three years? Yeah, we had some different coaches. I <laughs> had, uh, but and also it's. I think it was very nice. Some coaches, uh, like uh, Justin Ulimsta, is a uh, uh, coach that came like sometimes uh, and he wasn't like the the set coach but like every six months he would step in and and he could give different advice than the yeah. coach that was there the entire time because he could see you didn't improve at all at this part or this was a major difference from yeah. the last time I saw you play for example yeah um, so that was very nice and we had um, and when I was there we had a German coach okay. had a, his style of training and we had at the end, we had uh, the little brother of uh, Christian Sörum, like Sander Sörum. Yeah, yeah. He's a really good beach coach, I yeah. think. Uh, and they all have different ways of teaching, but uh, yeah. for me, it worked. And probably different things that they focus on. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, I mean, every, everyone has a bias about what they look at first, yeah. I guess. But I know also the, the coaches, they are really good at talking to each other. 
okay. and they have meetings every week and it's I think it's very well organized what we try to do um, so it's not like uh, every day is a random drill it's uh, now we work on um, like uh, side out for example or yeah. this now we work on um, defense or attack or blocking drills on. so we, it's not random that today we wake up and we we just do a drill yeah it's, yeah uh, they uh, they are planning very well I there's think. a plan and collaboration between the yeah, coaches yeah, basically for sure that makes sense that's cool did you play the, the tournaments very often also in indoor volleyball or was it a beach tournament every thursday you said yeah so when i was a first grader we had that was like my dream year because i was the first grader and you had the the older guys uh -huh. And you got to play with the third graders when you're first grader. That's pretty cool. Okay. And we had a beach tournament every Thursday, and every Friday we had an indoor tournament. Okay. So it was two days in a row with tournaments. Okay. And it was super fun, and all the boys were hyping up before the tournaments, and it was uh, great for the fellowship. And uh, everyone is very competitive at Top Boy. Yeah. Uh, and we are competing all day, every day, about spots at the, in the weekend game or. Uh, everything you know we uh, it's like a very competitive environment and I think that's also part of the philosophy of Topol you bring together a lot of the the best youth from the different clubs in Norway yeah and then they get humbled and they, uh, then they understand okay I need to work because the other guy is actually much better than me or okay. the third grader is much better than me okay so so they get humble because they come from a background where they were maybe the best kid mm-hmm but then they have to play against these older kids yep. that are better and all the other best from yeah. all over the country. You might think you are the best in your local club yeah. and then you come and uh, Marcus Mool is yeah. killing you in the, in the first class. And, uh, yeah, and you realize that there's a lot more to the sport. Yeah, we really need to work here. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you can't see the map forward, yeah. of possibilities like you're just the best in your yeah. city or whatever your friendship group yeah there's no real like there's no one showing you that it's mm -hmm. i mean yeah you can watch the pros on on youtube or yeah tv or whatever but but i think it's you understand it much better when you actually experience it yeah <laughs> and and a part of topfully the culture is that you are not only training for yourself you are mm -hmm. training for the entire group, the family. Um, so uh, a big like thing for the coaches is that you cannot just skip practice because you had a, something to do. Okay. Um, because then you are destroying the practice for your teammates because yeah. they rely on you to be there to make them better mm -hmm. and vice versa. I rely on you to be and wake up early to make me better. So mm -hmm. we make each other better at uh, Topoli, and that is that is a big philosophy at Topoli that we, everyone make each other better, and together we take steps. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, uh, swords uh, making swords. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> and it's it's beautiful when you uh, take the steps from first class, second class, and suddenly in third class you're in the elite team, and yeah. everyone is working together, and you can see the results and. Uh, or in the beach volleyball tournaments, you're climbing the list. And, uh, yeah, okay. So was that something that they communicated like clearly in the beginning? Like, this is how we do it here? Like, you are mm -hmm. going to work? Or was it just something that you just picked up no, over no. time? 
it, it, it is uh, very important that you always communicate uh, if you have pain somewhere and you cannot do practice normally mm -hmm. or if you cannot um, if you cannot show up for practice if you're sick or anything you need to be uh, plan your entire year with the coaches because mm -hmm. the coaches are very good at planning and they are making like drills for 16 persons and if there is 15 guys there then it messes up the drill you know yeah um, so th it was well communicated I think um, and it's not cool to be the guy who is oversleeping no and then there was a couple of times where we had to do uh, like push-ups or like drills until the guy had came you know okay uh, so it's that and that that is it's not cool to be the guy who is running and has overslept and see all the guys is doing push-ups and like <laughs> you don't want to be that kid no that's true yeah. that's true yeah you will be Definitely. a bit more uh, on point next yeah, time yeah, yeah. if you see that happen yeah okay so so there was um, this whole culture I guess really made a like great camaraderie like yeah, yeah. definitely uh, feeling yeah we spoke to each other like we were brothers and, uh -huh. and when the the boss of Topoli is speaking he's speaking like we are a Topoli family okay and we are on a mission together yeah and that is something that I really took from Topoli that we are doing some we're trying to do something together mm -hmm. and it's not every man for themselves yeah kind of and that was very nice i think yeah because we always um we did especially the boys in my class we did everything together you know we were studying in school and then we ate dinner and then we went to practice and then we socialized maybe we go for a swim and then we have another practice mm -hmm. so all day every day for three years we are doing everything together and it's very important that we have each other's backs yeah absolutely so one thing that comes into my mind is I had some years ago a, a friend of mine we did a two-month basically our own camp okay. uh, so we it was the two of us that practiced together a lot and then uh, we obviously during these two months we played against other people also so but it was like we we lived together and yeah. the others just jumped in yeah um but what we had was so obviously we didn't go to a volleyball school we just organized this by ourselves mm. but we had a lot of discussions about volleyball like we would practice uh, but then we would also like just like sit on youtube and like analyze together and like yeah. watch tutorial videos and like discuss them and then we would come up with some ideas. Then the next day we would actually go and try them in practice mm -hmm. and then like evaluate over dinner, like, hey, did that work? Maybe we should try this instead. It was a constant um, back and forth type of uh, dynamic between trying stuff on the court versus, mm -hmm. and also like analyzing more and discussing the, the things and refining the ideas. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot in those two months. Uh, would you say that within your school, this was also, do you know what a mastermind is? Yeah. A mastermind is basically a group of people that come together for helping each other to master something. Yes. Uh, so would you say that you guys had also a lot of volleyball discussions like Absolutely. over had, dinner and, and whatnot? And we also, uh, in the elite group in the last year, we had like masterclass meetings 
actually, where we analyzed footage from practice and tournaments and pro volleyball teams, and especially in indoor volleyball, because then it's more like making tactics and yeah. preparing for the game and uh, everything. So our, I think our German coach was really good at this. He uh, took all the boys and said, okay, you see this, this is what we need to work on. And then we um, took what we were talking about to practice. And after practice, we talk about it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so it was a lot of communication and talk about volleyball for sure. Yeah. And also the coaches were often coming to dinner or evening food and talking about, or just talking with us. And then we were not like talk about the practice or talk about what I need to do to improve. Yeah. So for sure, I, I think it's a place where you, you talk volleyball every single day. And you sometimes I think people also get a, a bit tired of the volley talk because it's every, every day all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you can't get too much. Yeah, I think a lot of people just needed a break. Was there the... a code word for no, no volleyball talk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was locking your room and putting on music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. And it's both uh, guys and girls. Yeah. Right. 50-50. Uh, do you also play sometimes with the girls or were the practices and games always separate? It was always separated. Always separate. We had like... Never any mixed co-ed games, I, anything A couple like of that. times we played like mixed tournaments, but I was more for, I think, for bonding and socializing yeah. than the, the actual training. Yeah. Uh, like the what we get out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but for sure, we, we did it a couple of times in mixed tournaments and it was really fun. Yeah. But school classes, you had mixed with them? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, those over there. No, no, no. <laughs> we also, we were a lot with the girls and also we had uh, like uh, strength training often with the girls and like uh, basic like uh, mobility and all, running and all sorts of drills. Mm -hmm. We often did with the girls. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, what would be like um, an average day? An average day. Yeah. What does it look like? Okay. Uh, <laughs> does it vary from year to year? Yeah, it's a progression uh, in the load that you can manage often because when, okay. you, when you're 16 you're not as developed as a 19 year old that have been training for three years so they push you harder in third year yeah yeah it's a bit it's a bit different but it's not that big a difference okay um, so yeah i can say you uh, you wake up in your room and then you have a breakfast uh, it opens at 6 30 and uh, so you need to wake up early and um, and you eat meet the guys uh, you pack some lunch, yeah, and then you head to uh, strength training or beach ball. It's uh, yeah, maybe strength training, and then we have a meeting. What we want to do in the strength training, and often if something have happened, then the strength coach would tell us that we need to clean up this place. It's not looking good enough, or he was uh, always like giving us and things to do and we had strength training and then we went right to volleyball practice for one hour uh, in the morning and then it was more like technique not so much games was more like drills and working on stuff yeah so we had strength training and volleyball practice and then we were run to the shower and pack our school bags we go to school 
and we have a couple of hours and then 11.30 we have dinner. So that's uh, quite early dinner, but when you have two practices, you are very hungry. Okay. Um, 11, th so at lunch it's dinner? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like a dinner. You have like yeah. a full on meat, vegetables, yeah. everything in yeah. 11.30. Um, 30 minutes. Uh, now I remember. Yeah. Norwegians, you eat, you eat sandwiches for lunch. Like lunch, in, gen yeah, yeah, in general, yeah, 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 yes, because sure. in every other country, lunch yeah. is dinner food. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's this true. makes sense. So I, because I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why, why is he so stoked about eating food for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> now I remember. Okay. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yes. I agree totally. So I'm from Sweden. I've lived in Norway quite a lot, and. Uh, we're always like, why are these guys eating so many sandwiches for lunch? Like, <laughs> I was eating too much. It was crazy. I took a whole breath every day almost. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, okay. So you had... Uh, sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. Uh, so lunch, 11.30. 11.30 until 12. And then we have two or three more classes. Okay. Um, so then a full day of school. And then we have 30 or 40 minutes and or sometimes only 20 minutes until practice starts again. Okay. And then it's beach or indoor. In the evening? In the evening, yeah. Is or right, a right after school often. So that okay. we have um, the evening to rest or, and recover. Okay. And then you either... I often went to the sauna and recovered and ate some more food. Mm -hmm. And then you have evening food also at the end. Okay. And then, you need to do some homework or you often watch some games or whatever you do to yeah. socialize. Yeah. And okay. you do it all over again. That makes sense. That's one day. And of course, some days we have tournaments. Some days we are, have off because we are playing games in the weekend or we played games. Um, some, days we, some days we uh, only do strength because we played a tournament. And, yeah. So it's adapting to the low. It's a very like they try to do load management very yeah. well because it's like more than 20 hours of uh, intense training every week mm -hmm. for everyone. And often you do something extra in the weekend also or we are young. We maybe we don't sleep enough. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, they try to uh, take care of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. That was my next question. Like, how is it with overtraining? Like, yeah. does it happen to people? Do people get injured? For sure. People get injured. I totally. That's, uh, it's almost not impossible to not have people get injured when you are trying to do it like this. Yeah. Um, so, but we have a, like a strength coach who is uh, making good uh, plans for us. Yeah, and we we try to get back as soon as possible. But of course, uh, to be injured at Topoli is kind of a nightmare, because because you're seeing everyone else practice. Everyone is practicing all the time, and you are in this uh, this area of Norway with no city. <laughs> There's nothing there. Kind of, it's it's like Topoli and and like a fjord and a small like store, and yeah. so that's not not where you want to be and do nothing. Uh, no, and I had I had. Uh, my first uh, half year, I was injured and couldn't do ball practice. Okay. And it was it was tough. Yeah, a lot of analyzing. A lot of analyzing, and I could run, so I would run 
on a treadmill while everyone was training, I would just look at them and run and see myself like I, I could do that better and I'm gonna do that better when I come back. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, but I know it's hard for a lot of people to be sick and uh, uh, if something in your, in your family happened while you're at Topoli, it's hard because you're far away from everything yeah. and everyone. Yeah. Do you think you learned something from this injury period that you wouldn't have learned otherwise? Definitely. Yeah, it's uh, when I grew uh, a lot in my uh, like self-esteem. I, I had to work on myself a lot yeah. this period. To handle it mentally? To handle it and also to, to do the work to come back. Uh, I lost two valuable years of my like junior prime when I was doing well in the junior national team. and. Uh, junior championships okay and uh, I had to give my spot on the national team to uh, to a friend of mine and uh, <laughs> I couldn't do anything for a long time yeah that's tough yeah it was tough so can I ask what injury yeah I had like a, a fracture in my spine in my back okay and uh, also I had uh, what's it called in my knees jumper's knee jumper's knee yeah yeah yeah, that was the two, and they were combined at the same, like right after each other. Okay, yeah. So that was a long period. Yeah, that's not fun. No. Uh, but you eventually fixed. Yeah, I, I did it. I got a very strict plan, and I followed it like crazy. And uh, all the coaches were backing me. Okay. Um, yeah. That's and good. then I came back, and uh, I started on the lowest rank, and I climbed myself up. Okay. So yeah. Nice. That's good work. That's good. I'm gonna give you a code word. I talked about code words before. If yeah. you knock on the table, we yeah. take a water break. Okay. If you need water, because okay. I forgot to no, organize no, that before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, did the strength coaches before people got injured? Was mm -hmm. there like, uh, you know, work to prevent injuries? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the best way to, or I think, I think I could say the philosophy is like, you need to be strong to prevent injuries. Yeah. You need to do heavy lifting also, not only in the bands. And so it was a lot of like squatting, pull-ups and like balance. And you need to be strong in your entire body. And a lot of the, the exercises with like you need to be stable or weights in bands and you need to really have control over your body so okay so a lot of this like yeah yeah jiggly wobbly yeah. and that's also uh complementing volleyball because you're doing all sorts of movements in yeah you need to have control in your like being in a outstretched position you know yeah absolutely so I think our, our strength coach really did well. And I also think that they uh, got feedback uh, in my three years and that they did even better in the last year. Okay. They started to plan even more. And also feedback from the players. Yeah. And also they see that people get injured and OK, yeah. well then we need to do something. OK. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think uh, feedback and analyzing what is happening and uh, if you we have too many jumpers knee, maybe it's too much jumping in the practices. Yeah. So then maybe in low season we do more drills or yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Adapting. Makes sense. Uh, so so there was emphasis. 
I, I start believing more and more the, the more I see injuries and the more I fix my own. Mm-hmm. I start believing more and more of uh, range of motion and, and strength also in the extreme yeah. ranges of motion. So strength in the extreme positions basically. Yeah. Uh, but you, you said there was some of that also. I, we did uh, like in seasons or like in periods we did uh, many reps, low, le- low reps. Uh, we did mobility or stability, yeah. a lot of core, and we had, we we went through like a, a season, uh, body weight and lots of weight, and I think the philosophy is like yeah, uh, we need everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. of course, the fundamental like squatting and like dips and like you know the the basics, the deadlift and these kind of exercises are like fundamental. Yeah. Absolutely. Or just being strong overall, and then we did a lot of extra work. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we also started to do like core exercise before every ball practice okay. in my last year. I don't know why. Maybe it's to prevent more injuries and somehow yeah. to work on our core. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, those are interesting. Uh, I've uh, seen that kind of stuff before, mostly from Gothenburg uh, in Sweden. Okay. They, they have a big facility, but it's. For me, it seems like they have a culture of like doing just some pure strength exercises in the warm up for mm-hmm. a, for a ball game, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen in too many other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a there's a point to that. How do you like to warm up? I like to do ugly pepper and uh, joke around with the ball and, and yeah. laugh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, l- I love to uh, spend a lot of time. I, I like to come very early and and to like get in the zone and. And then by yourself at first, yeah, by myself. And then right before the game, I like to not take it too seriously and just get a good feeling. Yeah. Uh, so I do like serious pepper and just for fun pepper to get ball control and handling. Yeah. And then like you're not so tense when you start the game. Yeah. That, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yep. That's. That's usually my my main focus because I know that I play so much better when I'm in this. Yeah. Um, I call it almost like happy mode, but like yeah. a loose uh, sort of quick reaction mode, and and it makes sense. And for me, it's re- it's really the the kind of fast and uh, weird ball control yeah, stuff yeah. that makes me get in that mode. Yeah, I think it's very important, and also for the the younger players. It's so it's such a build up for like a Norwegian championship or like your first game for top volley and the coach is on the side and it's very tense and you're you're there and you're coming in from the bench and it's very hard to not like shank the ball because you are like like every muscle is very tense. Yeah. So I, I think it's very important to try to uh relax take your shoulders down okay it's just a normal game i will do what i do in practice and that is also uh like we we don't do anything special in the game because we do it already in the practice Mm -hmm. so we try to practice seriously and and do the work in the practice so that we don't have to do anything extra in the game Mm -hmm. and yeah so that is uh often why the the coaches are like come on you can do more you can do better because then you will not have to do more and better in the game because you already are at that level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
do you think there's a way to get in this uh, loose and fun way if you don't have time to pepper before a game? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I think if you are able to just breathe a bit and not like uh, have to run onto the court, if you're able to breathe and like calm, like um, calm your body, like physio- yeah. physiologically, yeah, then I will not be so tense. But yeah. if I have to run and get the bo- water bottles for my friend, and then I have to take my suit and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and then you're the, a little bit sweaty, and uh, yeah, and the coach the, says, Leon, come on here, you're the captain, and you need to sign here and whatever, yeah. then I'm stressed, and then I'm supposed to do like a perfect reception, and then I kill uh, against a double block, and it's yeah. That There's sweat on your sunglasses and you're trying to fix it with your t-shirt, but the t-shirt is dirty at yeah, the same yeah. time you're listening to the instructions and whatnot. It's like... For sure. <laughs> so it's yeah. very important. And that's also a thing that, uh, especially our German coach, he was very like, you need to plan before the game who is organizing the, the jerseys, who is <coughs> organizing the warm-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we know what we're doing when we're coming there? Is, is the net the right height? We don't need to do anything when we come to the game. Every, everything is prepared. Yeah. Uh, so it's like this, we try to have this level of uh, prof, like we are doing a professional game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so often in the weekends, even though we don't play against other teams, we have like an intern game. We set up the net and we set up center court and we can even do the streaming with like a commentator, okay. we do statistics. To make the like, um, to make the the stress kind of yeah, yeah. like the necessity for playing good. Yeah. So it's not just like uh, we practice Friday night and it's for fun. Yeah, we yeah. have a weekend now. It's it's not like that. Absolutely, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I read this book. Um, it's called Winning Ugly. It's a tennis book. Okay. Uh, from one of these guys that apparently, I haven't watched him play, but apparently he didn't have a super good technique, but he still was making it on the Pro Tour. Okay. Uh, and he was just about all the tricks that you can play better by, even though you don't have the biggest hit or the, yeah. the most beautiful that and that. Yeah. And uh, one thing that he was very big on was just make sure that nothing can go wrong. Like you have your water balls, you have yeah. extra rackets, you have this and that and you fix everything in time and you really like schedule time the day before the tournament to fix Mm -hmm. these things have a checklist so that you and to allow yourself i mean we talked about getting stressed like that's something you want to avoid Mm -hmm. to to really like allow yourself to be able to be calm at the game moment so you're not rushing right before that's Uh, something that uh, i've heard a lot in uh, Atopoli, just take away everything that is uh, uh, like a distraction in uh, the day before or at the game. You don't want to have to lift even this was a very specific thing. We didn't want the guy who was serving to -hmm. have to go and lift the ball from the ground and walk to the to the baseline. Okay. We wanted another guy to run and get the ball so that the server could just be at the baseline ready to get the serve and get the ball and then the only thing he would do was to serve and so everyone that was at the bench was running and get the ball and like i give it to you i i got you 
kind of. So that it's like on a professional game with with ball fetchers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We didn't want the guy to like have any other thoughts than where to serve and like their routine and everything. Okay. And uh, that was cool. Uh, I think that was helping, and everyone was really involved in that kind of like we have to make it easy for him to do it good because we're a team and we want to win. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks uh, you also have to know how to not do it because some tournament, a lot of tournaments don't have ball fetchers yeah. and you will be fetching the ball yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I, at the same time, I, I do see the point. Yeah. I think it's good to know both. We're trying to get to the level where there is always ball fetchers. Exactly. You know, <laughs> <at this point>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not planning to be stuck on, oh, on the Norwegian tour. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, was there a bit back to the normal day yeah. uh, question? Did you guys ever, ever self-organize? Like, hey, should we play a game? Should yeah. we practice? Should we go and do a little bit of service eve? Definitely. Uh, when did that happen in the day? Because um, the days were pretty packed, right? They were pretty packed. Um, I personally did it sometimes. Like when I uh, finally came back from the injury, I was like very like, I'm gonna do everything I can. So uh -huh. We woke up like really early and did it before the morning practice. Okay. Um, some people because we have a student key so we have the access or we had the access i don't know if it's will be this in many years or but when i went to topoli we had the key and we could use the strength room the beach hall the indoor facilities everything um so that we could just go in the evening and get a like a, do extra squatting or pull-ups mm -hmm. if we wanted to work on our back or whatever or serve reception mm -hmm. um, so I did that a lot when I couldn't fully be on practice but I could do something I would always ask the guy can you throw the ball to me then I will work on my setting yeah. um, in the evening after they had practice yeah uh, and in my last year we did a lot of uh, like games in the weekend when we had off weekends and mm. people were going home, I had a far way to get home, so I always stayed and trained in the weekend. And then I asked three people, Can, do you want to play like an official game? And I filmed it with my GoPro, mm -hmm. and then I watched it after the game uh, yeah. in my room. And that was maybe the best training in the entire week, I felt like, because it was a full-on game um, with very good guys. and yeah. It was it was super fun also yeah. had a great time taking the sound box putting on music and uh, just going after it yeah that's good yeah it, it takes time but it's really good practice to have like a high level game and yeah. record it and then sit down and really analyze it we had the we had the guys and we had the facilities and we had the time so for us uh, the the time at Topoli I think it's a very easy time sort of to become a better player because you have everything around you yeah. and almost everyone wants to play. Yeah. Uh, everyone loves the game of volleyball. Of course, sometimes people are tired as they should be after a full mm -hmm. week of training. But if you're not, then you might say yes to an extra training or yeah. uh, some people would go crazy. And then, yeah, yeah, we are young. We, we're lots of young guys and girls who just want to become better and then Sometimes we push it too far and sometimes 
we we don't. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. We, we have to test the limits. I think. Absolutely. I think that's part of the like the progression. It's a good place to test your limits. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and a lot of uh, some people. You don't like you don't like things. Yeah. You don't like balls or courts or. Yeah. Or. And sometimes the coaches would say, no one is allowed to train in the weekend <laughs> because okay. we had such a hard training weekend or week and they had to make sure that we didn't overdo it. Okay. Uh, so then I sneak away and play ping pong. Then I sneak away and play <laughs> ping pong or ran up the mountain or whatever, you know, we were, uh, we, we definitely trained a lot when I was at Topoli. It was a super good time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of good memories. Was was there any weirdos that practiced by themselves in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess nobody yes. knows because uh, <laughs> I know some people. Like if you just walk by the, the strength room, you could see like people training in the dark, and I think uh, sometimes people did it. Yeah, and also it's like. Uh, we we learn about it in psychology. If you're angry or you're, something is happening, it's good to get out your like emotions and things in a strength room. Okay. I definitely had that. Like, if something bad was happening, then I went alone and went to the strength room. Okay. For example. So and we had the access and it was super easy to just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can see the logic behind that, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, one more question about the time when you were injured. Yeah. You said you were on the treadmill a lot. Yeah. Did you do ball stuff also? Yeah. Hand setting? <laughs> Hand setting, receive. I, in my case, I, I had like a long term plan where it was like, okay, you can do 20 minutes two times a week. And then it was 20 minutes three times a week. Okay. 40 minutes two times and it was and like you followed this. this plan I followed it very strictly and I did I asked the strength coach uh, how much can I do and um, so I did as much as I humanly could according to the the doctors to the plan yeah yeah okay nice and you learned a lot during that period I learned a lot did you have other kids at the school also injured in the same period I know maybe there's always a couple of guys who are injured but in uh, different types of injuries and they could for example play libro they just couldn't jump, okay. jump you know uh, but I had one guy who uh, were uh, like had this uh, clock and he said because I had also like uh, running drills that I did two times like intervals that I was mm -hmm. doing to in, before the volleyball practice that I had to do and uh, it was guys who were helping me like run stop run stop just yeah. because he was a good guy a friend of mine yeah so uh, that is was really helpful That's people nice. were backing me and uh, they knew that I uh, I really wanted to be you know, on the court and I think that made them maybe appreciate it a bit yeah more, you know that's cool this is um it started off sort of like a joke, but I actually think it is a great idea. Okay. I haven't gotten to the point of this happening. Uh, but so sometimes people injure themselves and they're out of the game like for a half a year or a year or mm -hmm. two months or whatever it might be. Yes. Um, so there's always beach volleyball communities like in my hometown. There's 
300 people that play. Um, so the joke was to have the, because there was like the elite group and there was like uh, the special training group and whatever. Yeah. The joke was to have the, the rehab group. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so p partly to, to collect the injured people yeah. because they often end up a little bit isolated yeah. because they're like, oh, okay, my normal training group, they continue training, I'm injured, yes. fuck, I'm alone. Yeah. Um, but both to, to like collect them and possibly just go to the gym and do rehab together. Yeah. But also to run volleyball practices together of the parts that you can. Yeah. So let's say someone has a jumper's knee, they can't use their legs really, mm -hmm. but they can do hand sitting reps without using their legs or whatever. And the other person has a shoulder problem, but they can still like hit with their left. Yes. So, so then they could like do like this, <laughs> almost like, uh, like handicap injured yeah. practices together and just make sure that, cause it's a, it's, a, it's a part of community and you get some reps, you know, the one person can set the left arm of the other person. There's three persons, four persons, whatever. Mm -hmm. They can make, you know, cause, yeah, cause yeah, we're yeah. frustrated when we're injured. Absolutely. Um, so I almost, uh, it was a joke and I don't think it has happened. Uh, maybe some unofficial ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I've been injured once and uh, found another injured person and we did something like this for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but like in a big volleyball community, like f for example, top volley, I don't yeah. know how many kids there are. 75, roughly. If there was like a group chat, the injured group. Maybe there's one yeah. or two or three at all times that are injured and they could do stuff together. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a cool idea. <laughs> you know, uh, we had, I have a few things to say about it. We, uh, if you, for example, search up Topoli, I think you will see like a clip of a girl in a wheelchair who had injured her knee like real bad. She couldn't practice for a long time. They were like doing setting drills in the wheelchair on the court uh, because the coaches, they also moved to Topoli often because they wanted to help the students get good at beach volleyball. So they are really committed to help the students like out of a bad situation and improve. Um, so they were really flexible for me and for a lot of people. And uh, I also remember it was a period, I think it was, I don't remember when it was, but we, we had this uh, injured group where we were, uh, talking like every everyone who is injured <laughs> were coming to the strength coach and he was talking about load load management the way forward we can ask questions to him um, and we also did everything in the strength room that we could do um, and i also remember i had this uh in my last year i broke my these two fingers i broke my two fingers in an elite game or in a, a trip an elite, elite trip um, and we made this like uh, stiff thing around my fingers uh -huh. and I could play. I could just not do hand setting, I could do beggar and I could hit yeah. and I couldn't block because then yeah. it would break. But uh, I played almost every tournament and I played uh, the big topoli beach volleyball tournament with broken fingers because they were as long as I didn't do these things, then yeah. I could play. So I joined practice even though I was like injured. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I think, I think they're really like, they want you to come to practice. Yeah. And also if you are injured, well, I don't know if it's a rule still, but when I was there, you always had to show up to the lineup. 
So this was a big thing that uh, even though, yeah, no, almost no matter what, you had to show up to the lineup. Okay. And lineup is before practice, we talk about the practice and it's like um, a chance for the coach to say something to all the students or yeah. all the boys. Uh, to this weekend we have a game, we need to prepare this. Today we're working on this. I saw someone not going to bed early, for example, and like it's a it's like a pulse in the day, the lineup. Mm -hmm. And every every guy, even though you're injured, even though you have something, you should be there. You should yeah. be there, yeah. Because it's important information. Yeah, and to keep everyone in sync. Yeah. And so if you're injured, you you come to practice. Yeah. And maybe you don't need to stay the entire time. Often. The coach would say you have to help out and throw balls <laughs> or yeah. you have to sit here because I'm going to talk about something important that you also need to learn, for yeah. example. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it was a lot of uh, I've definitely been on practice and just recorded for people and showed to the guy in the training yeah. because my the German coach wanted me to help them, even yeah. though I uh, had broken my fingers. And I think there's a lot to learn from that. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I don't know about others, but I started coaching the sport partly because I figure out that every time I coach, I learn myself mm -hmm. more and more details about things. Absolutely. And just like sitting and being an extra coach when you're injured, yeah. I think it's a great idea. Like yeah. I think often I just uh, for fun sit and, and watch things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like a beginner's practice or whatever it might be yeah uh, because I find it stimulating yeah and I tend to learn stuff was there I'm just coming out with that yeah. idea. was there ever like uh, was there any coaching training in the school like did they ever teach you to be a coach yeah they did actually uh, third graders everyone got like uh, uh, like a first grade uh, training degree. I don't know if it was a training degree, but it was like a course, uh, okay, training yeah. course. The, the Norwegian uh, like yeah. first uh, level, level one. Yeah. yeah. So there was a coach coming, bringing all the third graders and we, we were taught how to be coaches or trainers. Okay. Did you also have to coach, for example, the first graders or, or no? No, no. I okay. don't think we did that. Okay. Actually, uh, but I guess a lot of the top police students get asked when they're at home to help in their local. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. a lot of us have been training younger ones. Yeah. It's part of just being a volleyball player. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. How many, how big were the training groups? Yeah. Like when you trained? It's a good question. Uh, it's a difference. Uh, so. One thing I can say about Toffoli is, is it's hard to to say that Toffoli is one thing because they always try to adapt and learn mm -hmm. and, and they learn new things like recording and watch the recording and you know maybe it's better to be smaller groups. Uh, so in my last year we uh, we tried out smaller groups okay. and like uh, separating more the groups and we had three groups for the boys indoor. And um, before we had two groups, okay. two first years. I think I liked the three groups more because then you have like the coach see you more. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely hard for the coach to have three practices. So it's 
then you would maybe need another coach or it's yeah. like uh, they experiment on on us yeah. what, what is the best way to do it of course um, so it's 45 guys 45 35 yeah yeah something okay. around that and you split them in two or three yeah makes sense. and in the beach tournaments we were always three three groups it was level one two and three okay so then yeah you were and on a beach practice uh, sometimes you were many sometimes you were less uh, okay in the morning where it was technical it was all the boys in the third class um and in the sometimes if uh, someone had the, to prepare for the indoor game and someone wasn't selected to the indoor game then they play beach or if we some some guys were selected to the junior national team in, and played the under 19 world championship or anything like that then they play beach volleyball more for a period mm -hmm. so they were definitely adapting and i had a couple of times in my last year when i was training just four guys yeah <laughs> and alexander Sodom were serving and hitting balls and and but often we are a lot of a lot of guys in the practice yeah there's three courts beach beach courts there yeah in the winter so indoor it's uh in the indoor beach hall yeah three courts and they also have outdoor beach volleyball courts. we have four outdoor beach four courts. Outdoor. okay cool yeah. on 70 people you said yeah, yeah. 75 roughly yeah that's it's probably enough. Yeah, it's enough. And the girls practice indoor when we practice beach. Okay. So we have more than enough space. Yeah. Because we, yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, is there more about the experience of going to the school that you would like to talk about? Like, do you know the people that founded the school? Evin Marvik. Yeah. Yeah. He's the founder. Uh, this guy is a brilliant guy. He's one of my uh, role models, I would say. Okay. Uh, he is the leader, and he um, he has this slogan that uh, the school is all about. It's like uh, the school is founded on the the slogan. In Norwegian, it's "Makansketje uh, finnast." It's uh, hard to understand to translate, but it's. Like there yeah, should be uh, nothing alike. It's exactly. The yeah, the, there is nothing like this basically. Yeah, and we every day we work towards this that uh, there is no other place like this, and we and also there is a lot of other like we want to be good people here, and we we want to be hardworking people here. There's certain uh, like morals mm -hmm. and values that Evin Marvik, the the founder, is is selecting all of the students. And reminding us that we are like a part of this family where we are working hard toward the goals together and there should be nothing like this in other places yeah uh, so whenever something if there's a bad situation coming up uh, or something happened then he would always be the guy to connect everyone and make make it good again kind of make everyone talk it out and uh, and we start over or we continue together. So for me, his speeches were very important and very good. Um, so he is uh, kind of the, the anchor for the entire yeah. Topoli. He's doing a, a very big job also. It sounds like a guy with a vision. He has a vision, With yeah. something that he believes in. Yes. 
And, Definitely. Uh, and I like the fact that you said, like, they remind you guys that this is something special. This doesn't exist mm. in other places. Yes. And uh, that in itself is, I think, a huge takeaway. I mean, so sure, we're recording this episode, for example, because it's a unique school. Yeah. And uh, I think people might be curious about it, but like also that when you go to the school, you get reminded of that. I think yeah. that's very powerful because there's something about the human mind when we realize like how cool it is that we get to do what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. There's something that clicks when we like, I... we really start appreciating it. Uh, it's not just another thing that anyone can get. It's mm -hmm. like, this is actually a moment that we're just super lucky to have. Yeah. Uh, For me, it was really important to, uh, I recorded a lot of what was happening because I knew that one day it will be over and this is like the best years of my life or like some of the best years of my life. It was like a dream coming through to move to a place and only play volleyball and get brothers from the entire country and train and play tournaments and everything you know it's it's what you dream of when you're a young kid and mm -hmm. then you get to do it uh, and you know that it's gonna end someday and for me now it's finished but I'm very grateful for my time there and now I have uh, connections and friends from all over Norway and mm -hmm. whenever there is a tournament now in Bergen or Oslo or wherever mm -hmm. I can call a friend and I can visit him and we train together and I stay there and we play absolutely yeah. so it's a big value yeah for sure going through something like this really tends to tends to give you like a bond with the people yeah. that kind of never never disappears yeah uh, everyone has like their own ownership to the top play because yeah. you've, you've been there and you formed it in a way and it's also built a lot on the feedback from the students mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think everyone that is uh, leaving Topoli has a like a feel that uh, they're a part, they've been a part of something. Yeah. Would you say it's uh, the school's uh, co-creation rather than a top-down uh, creation? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the coaches, I think, after every practice, is asking us uh, how it was. Mm -hmm. uh, what went good, what went bad. It's always this uh, like dynamic of uh, communication from the coach to the student, from the teacher to the... Uh, also from the coach to the teacher and mm -hmm. from Avin Marvik. They have like... I always wanted to be there in the meeting because it was so fascinating to me that the teacher and coach were talking together about me mm -hmm. because they wanted to see the whole picture about Leon, what is, is he doing, is he serious in the class? Is he hardworking in school? And then the dorms, the people from the dorms, mm -hmm. I, it's Rigiatun. It's uh, like the, um, the people that make food for us and make sure that our rooms are okay. And that I, they also, so it's like social and training and school. And they all have a meeting about me and okay. every student. And then they discuss. Okay, so he's slacking in school and then the coach would say, but he's working really hard in practice and then we have an issue and then they need to talk to you and yeah. find a way to, okay, you can't play the game in the weekend if you don't 
do better in class, for example. Yeah. Or, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Is there more that stands out about the school that we haven't touched on? Oh, that's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, for me, I love the school, so I can talk about it for a long time, but uh, to be specific, I, I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have a bunch of questions here also that are more um, about actually how to play beach volleyball. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll slowly start moving that way and if we come up with something more we can always jump back yeah. into the school part. Go for it. Uh, but this has been super interesting. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask is, it's in between these two categories. Was there any training on how to proceed as a volleyball player or beach volleyball player after school? Like, you know, because... Yeah, after you, high school. Yeah, yeah, they throw you out in the world. Some people go on the world tour. Some mm -hmm. people go play indoor pro. Some people yeah. play on the Norwegian tour. Some, yeah. some people quit. Yeah. Uh, so they, some people become coaches. Uh, was there any specific talk about, like... I think they were talking about... Uh, now we have like taught you everything about uh, like warm up from training to tournaments to how to be a good teammate. You you kind of get like an education in playing volleyball almost mm -hmm. uh, uh, in your three years, and now it's like using your knowledge and try to put it into action in the real world. Uh, that is what I I heard from the coaches. Um, so they, uh, they are trying to prepare you for the, the next level. And that is their goal. But there is not like a, a, like a clear, like after TOEFL you're going to do this. No. And that is for me been a bit hard because the next step is not so clear if you're not getting into any like special groups of continuing playing. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Makes sense. So you're now six months out of, out of Topol, yeah. Out of Topol, out of out into the real world. Uh, I'm in the real world. <laughs> I'm not in my own country anymore, and I'm training with uh, other guys, and I'm trying to work this thing out. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, do you, when you end up in other places than Topol, where? things are not as easily accessible we talked about before you have the courts you have the balls you have the players you have the mm -hmm. uh, the coaches you have everything set up for you but yeah. when you don't have that do you find that frustrating or do you find it interesting or do you find it uh, how do you find that i find it interesting or I, would you uh, or would you say you mostly had even back in norway after school like you still had it pretty uh, easy access to things players balls courts after school, there were tons of tournaments. It was the beach volley season after yeah. I finished. So there wasn't like, a, I haven't had like a real period of training yeah. kind of after uh, okay. Toffoli because there was full season and, uh, and then I started traveling. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a home club yeah. in Kristiansand. It's the south uh, part of Norway. And then there I can train uh, almost every day. Yeah. So I'm I'm lucky. It's it's possible, but uh, uh, it's not the same as Topoli, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice, nice. We'll see what you, what what is coming in the next years. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> because for me, 
as someone that started playing this as an adult without well i didn't have any contact network like i mean i was 24 when i started you're now five years before that and you already know basically everyone in norway you have the the network that you have is completely different uh, for me a big part of being able to get good at this sport has yeah. been to try to figure out how to get access to yeah. two things basically to yeah. get access to players get access to coaches get access to courts yeah. uh, sometimes you're in places where there's not enough courts and then it's fully booked and yeah. and uh, maybe there's there's not people that want to train maybe they or maybe some people want to train but they want to train in a different way than you want or what you think you need and yeah. it, it's a whole web of complexities yeah. uh, that i think makes makes this sport very tricky to learn yeah. uh, in some ways i a lot of the other sports I've, I've done before were more like sure community sports but individual sports like skateboarding snowboarding like yeah, you can, you can just go out and practice. Yeah. Like you don't need someone to to set you or serve you or whatever. Like like yeah. you said, you guys were taught in the school that y you are here for each other. Like you need each other. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. You can go and do it yourself, and also you can do it in the court yourself because you're. It's a team sport. Exactly. You have to uh, be able to play with everyone, and yeah, yeah. that is also a big part. And and real world is people. Have, <laughs> sorry to say real world, yeah. <laughs> but like people have jobs, people have yes. commitments. <clears throat> it's not like you can take just the people you, you want and just throw them into this box where mm -hmm. they will just be available for your practice, because one day this guy is gonna go do that and this one is gonna do that, and then I you agree. have to call someone else, and then that person doesn't know the drill and or doesn't know what you're working on and whatnot. So it's like a uh, it's uh, how to create something that resembles the top volley experience outside of the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that, part that of, is a struggle. Yeah, uh, that is a big struggle. And I think uh, as a former top volley student, it's easier for me than for other people to uh, to talk to a guy that knows a guy yeah. that has a ball and court and a friend who has a good teammate. You know. Uh, for me, I've been lucky, uh, even now when I'm traveling, I can just sh show up at a beach volleyball, like in a beach, and there's uh, someone playing beach volleyball, and I talk to them, and I play against them, and they say, hey, I have a friend that you can play with, and suddenly I end up playing with you, mm -hmm. you know? And um, yeah. so I think a lot of the how to how to like be able to get a bigger network is to be open social and just just show up and play beach volleyball you know yeah. if and also if you are good mm -hmm. and you show up and play with someone who is not that good they will say i know someone who is even even better maybe you can you yeah. should try to i have a contact you know it's true it's true it's uh everyone it, volleyball is not or beach volleyball is not that big in at least in scandinavia and, and not in the world so people know each other mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and then you can at least train I think or someone knows where to train it's uh, possible to work things around but of course the hard part is to get to a level where you are good enough that people want to practice with you mm -hmm. yeah because exactly. a lot of people want a good enough practice of course so if you are good enough 
then and you are social, then I think you have come a long way because then it's uh, people want a good practice partner. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yep. And uh, for me, one of the something I've talked about many times before, and but I my strategy was when I started playing was to become a good setter first because yeah. then at least someone could go and practice hitting with me yeah. and then I would get good sets from them so I could practice hitting uh, because attacking is one of the most difficult ones to learn from people that start as an adult and they just like yeah. they're stuck with these partners that cannot set so they cannot even get reps so it's like how can you even get better at something you can't get reps of? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and it's it's really like a it's like a self-destructing system. Like if you're stuck in that loop, like there's almost no way out, and that's that's what you can see also in a lot of adult players. Like yeah. they just simply don't become better at hackers, yeah. no matter how many years they play. Uh, they do get better at attacking tactics. Yeah. They figure out better ways to score with whatever technique they happen to have, but. But the technique doesn't... Exactly, it doesn't change. It can be the same for 10, 20 years. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it, it really has been an interesting uh, journey for me to try to figure this sport out. Yeah, I, I understand. It's, we, were, uh, we were in two completely different... You know, I started when I was 8, you yes. 24. <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, it's interesting. So one thing that we talked about yesterday when we talked about this was you mentioned that you had the every Thursday was a tournament. Yeah. And you said something that was really interesting for me as as again someone that hasn't played this as a child and hasn't had I've had to prioritize different things. Let's let's say things let's say it that way. You said you played with almost a new partner every single week or something like this and you had a crazy list of uh, yeah. of partners of course at <laughs> uh, Topoli you need to be able to play with everyone uh-huh. uh, that's a part of their philosophy also that you uh, you need to be a good teammate yes and uh, if you're a good teammate then people would want to play with you uh, so in Topoli we, we have uh, Thursdays, it's a beach volleyball tournament every weekend. We have all the boys are playing, divided in three groups. We have a ranking list and uh, if you win in group one, you are the best in the school, kind of. And uh, if you win in group two, you can climb up to group one. And uh, if you lose in group two, you go down to group three. And it's like this whole, you never know who you will partner up with. But if you're in group one, you partner up with someone in group one. And, okay. And in group two, it's you partner up with someone in group two and okay. three. So you get partnered up with them at the tournament. At the tournament. So yeah. you don't. You have no time to prepare. To prepare. No. Okay. Uh, at, at least that's been when I went to Topol. That was how they yeah. did it. Sometimes they partner up if they wanted to see some different partners play. But that was very few times. Okay. Almost every time it's completely random and um, you have to figure it out. If you're two defensive players playing against the two two meter guys in the school, it's you need to make that tactics. And uh, if you are the guy who is the best partner, 
then you will win the most games because you don't know who you will play yeah. with. So for me, that was a, I tried to be a good teammate. Yeah. And it worked really well for me okay. in, the, in the ranking and the, the tournaments. How is one a good teammate? I think um, backing and understanding what kind of feedback is needed. If you, some people do not need that you say what they need to change mm -hmm. all the time. And yeah. some people need to know, like, yeah. I see that you are early. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Or I can set you lower because I see that you are early, for yeah. example. Uh, or uh, I can say, like, I see that they are looking at your arm. Or I can see what they are looking at with you. And just make it easier. Or sometimes I say, uh, just listen to my call. Or I, I don't know, I can help mm -hmm. them out of a bad situation with just being not stressed and very like simple in a solution of what we need to do. Or yeah. I may be taking like, okay, we just serve him short. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Don't, don't stress. Um, I think a teammate is someone who is willing to put the other guy in front of themselves, you know? It's, uh, it's about us winning together, it's not about me, mm -hmm. kind of. Mm -hmm. And you need that mindset when you're playing beach volleyball, especially if you're playing with a guy who is not at your level or is someone, if you are not getting served, mm -hmm. then you need to make it easier for the other guy. Yeah. And maybe adapt your setting, even though you want to try to set like the uh, high every time yeah if the other guy needs a lower set yeah don't be like uh, make it harder for them yeah, yeah i think that's a big part of adapting to what the other guy needs and also making good plans together making them feel like we do this together and okay just go for it if you have a good situation be aggressive if you hit out it's okay i won't blame you just yeah. try to be aggressive and that's our plan that you are aggressive yeah Things like this is uh, is a good teammate, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's um. There's a type of uh, flexibility that's needed. So, so this is what I tend to teach. I tend to teach that there's many different philosophies on how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Some people like the high sets. Some people like quicker stuff. Some people like systems. Some people like to only do shots. Yep. and here where they should put it some people like to bang away some people like to be more safe on the serve some people like to go for a serve yep. um, there's many and in various situations like some people like on a short ball they like to just like pick it up a little bit and then yep. run something quick some people really think you should put it up high and back out from the net and do a full approach and whatnot yeah um, what i tend to teach is that there's many ways to do things and we can talk about like pros and cons of each of them yeah. usually everything has something good about it and something less good about it yeah. um, but the most important thing since it's a team sport with two people yeah. you two guys have to be on the same page you have to be working the same fucking system because if you're working one system and the other person is working another system that's a sure yeah. almost a guaranteed way to lose a game yeah absolutely. Uh, and even though you're the two best players in, yes. the, in the school maybe 
yeah, you, yeah. you can play horrible together. You can play three, four levels lower than, than your potential if yeah. you're if, just if the systems are crashing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you, you could see that in the tournaments that like good third graders would go down levels because they were not able to play well with the, um, the lesser good guy. Okay. And yeah. some, some would be in the group one all year around because they were always, okay, we play together, maybe I fake that I block, even though I'm a defensive player. Yeah. I, will, I will try to block and make them think that I will block and yeah. just stuff like this. Uh, yeah, it's a big difference. In, uh, so now I want to ask a question from, this is almost like an experiment. Yeah. Um, since we started playing at such different ages, yeah. I tend to, I can adapt to different playing styles. Mm -hmm. I can adapt to my partner. Yeah. But a lot of what I do is very instinctual. Yeah. So I struggle to adapt on the day. Yeah. Like if, if, for example, if let's say we were about to play together for a season and you wanted to play with high sets and I'm used to setting low, um, I know I can adapt to high sets if I get a few days. Yeah. To, to get used to it so that my instincts start like, okay, in this situation, without even thinking, I'm going to put it up high. Yeah. But, but if my instincts from what I'm used to, how I'm used to playing is to, in this situation, I just throw a quick one up. Yeah. Um, I really struggle changing this on the same day as I'm playing. So uh, tournaments, like you mentioned, where you just get a random partner for the day, yeah. I tend to be really bad at because... I need like a few days to reprogram myself mm -hmm. uh, to get. But do you do you experience the same, or or do you think you're more flexible than me? I I feel, <laughs> 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 and I'm completely fine if if you think you are. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, i I think I'm more flexible. Yeah. Maybe, and I've I'm very. I don't know when you have so many years of ball handling. Yeah. Uh, ball control, different types of uh, drills and uh, and all this. I've been playing with so many different players. I can, Elko, uh, okay, you want to go quick? I can set quick. If you want to go slow, I want Yeah. I think I'm very flexible. And I think that's, for me personally, I think that's one of my best attributes that I'm yeah. able to adapt and, yeah. So for me personally, maybe because we did so much of this in Topoli. Probably, probably. I know how to play with everyone. There's a lot of memory bank in your body of doing all these different things. Yeah. Uh, and also I, I can, we train on like, if I see that my attacker is running fast, then I better set him fast. Yeah. I cannot set you high if I see that you're already on the run. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of understanding the game yeah. while you play it also. Uh, and I think this comes natural when you do a lots of games in different situations. Absolutely. And some of our beach coaches have been like putting us in different situations and just letting us figure out how to play or yeah. how to keep the ball uh, alive and how to get a hard attack if you get set from far behind, for example. Yeah. We got a lot of different situations and they didn't say how we should fix it. But just they just let us, let us try different things and then, okay, when I get the ball, I should go hard middle or I, I'm able to put a cut here and they won't yeah. be ready for it. Or, so we have tons of repetitions every day 
with with like figuring out how to solve okay like so practice could be like they put you in a situation and just figure this out like it could be yeah it could be and then you have the maybe a more like uh, set drill where okay we need to be precise mm -hmm. so you get 10 serves and you put it in the ring that mm -hmm. it could also be an exercise so it's different and I think also different coaches have more different philosophies. Yeah. And maybe more of the beach coaches that I've had have been more uh, playing more, like being game situation more. Yeah. And then uh, finding ways to kill the ball and keep the ball from the sand. Yeah. More than indoor maybe, because yeah. indoor is so complex with all the different positions and everyone has to know what we're trying to do here. You know. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. It's um, so. What comes into my mind is um, so. When I was a kid, yeah. uh, I also started when I was eight uh, with skateboarding and snowboarding. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I had my eight to twenty-four. I was skateboarding and snowboarding and yeah. uh, snow skating also, which is a hybrid combo. Um, I think I'm speaking the truth when I say that I'm quite flexible within those sports yeah. to other types of like you know like if it's similar to what I'm used to but it's a little bit different yeah. I think my body is like able to flex quite yeah. quite easily um, but in, in beach volleyball my my whole from the beginning I was like uh, trying to pull off something that I didn't even know if it was possible yeah. like the, the level I play, play at today, I did not know if it would ever be possible I would be able to reach. And I'm very happy that I've, that I've reached this level. Yeah. Um, but it, it has been a very sort of a race against the clock and like prioritizing. Okay. Uh, so, so I figured out, I might be wrong when I decided this, but I decided that I think it's better that I learn like my goal was to be able to play on a high level. Yeah. Um, but that, maybe I can't afford the time to learn to play on a high level in every different way that you can play on a high level. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to choose one of them, get good at that, and then find a partner that can play that, <laughs> that style. That is flexible, yeah. Maybe that's why we played good together now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday when we played, I think, uh, I got to experience your flexibility because, uh, well, I told you something about setting and, and you were able to, to change it and I changed a little bit of what I was doing and all of a sudden it started working. Yeah. Because we, the first practice we had together uh, before we played the game, yeah. actually the game we played it was good, but the drills we did before, yeah. we played three or four or five levels below yeah, yeah. what we can play yeah. together. <laughs> I agree. Uh, because that was... Uh, yeah, I, I made a lot of errors, errors there, but it was like two different systems not working together. Um, but it was cool to see how, and that's also I think how we started talking about the adaptation yesterday, uh, because we sort of did it before beforehand. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I like to think about how humans learn. So now I have a new theory, which is that maybe it would still be possible for me. I'm 34 today to learn to play good volleyball in more different systems yeah. and become more like you and have an easier time switching between them. Yeah. Uh, because for example, 
this is a bit how I feel. Uh, riding a bike, even if you haven't had done it for a year or two, you can just sit on it and mm. you can do it. Mm. Um, it sounds to me a little bit like even if you would play with high sets for a year or two, someone asks for low sets, you can just switch and do it. Yeah. Almost like riding a bike. Yeah. <coughs> Whereas for me, it's like I can do it, but I need two or three days yeah. to get used to the bike again. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise my instincts will be... Yeah. Uh, but I, I wonder if the earlier learning or, or just the sheer amount of hours that you have spent learning different systems and different partners, which I haven't done. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see a very clear tendency in that the majority of my volleyball I played in, or the majority of my volleyball in the first years where I learned, learned a lot was in my hometown. Yeah. So, for example, how the people there set. So I, I believe it comes from some coach before because they all are quite similar. Yeah. Uh, I kind of need that, yeah. uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like the, just the body language and, and that kind of stuff because that's how I learned to read a setter. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can really struggle if I play even with good players from somewhere else in the world that does it a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, because I'm just I don't have that flexibility. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's interesting. At the same time, I need to accept that because if my goal is to if my goal is to try to prove that you can reach a specific level even yeah. as an adult. Yeah. I still think that that should be my priority rather than prove that you can become that level minus two levels in many different ways as an adult because no one's going to yeah. care about that in a yeah. sense. Why not just try to be as good as you can and find a partner that also knows how you like to set and then you don't need to have all this education. <laughs> exactly. For me, I haven't had like a stable partner in many years. Uh -huh. So I played with tons of different partners. And then it's a good thing to when you're trying to find a partner for the future mm -hmm. to be able to play with everyone. Yes. And uh, for that, I'm happy that I had the background that I have with since I was eight years old with doing ball handling drills. And uh, for many years, we just stayed in the, in the court in the weekend and we just played one against one. Oh. or two against two without jumping because we had to save our knees or save our body. But we, in all sorts of situations, you know, you learn how to not net when you're setting and setting quick and yeah. hitting on two and everything. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. Absolutely. But I do see a big weak point in me, which is when I happen to be in a new place or stuff are a little bit like unstable, like people are moving, coming, whatever, yep. then because I have this sort of delay before I connect with a partner, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I struggle connecting that. on the same day. Yeah. Uh, and that often I think possibly makes people believe that I'm worse at playing volleyball than what I can be. Uh, because that also matters. What what they see on day one, one when you show up to the court matters because it, it puts out, okay, this guy can play, this guy cannot play. Yeah. And I think there might be times when there's more potential in me than when people see on day one. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate for me if I want to get into the groups and get into the whatever. Yeah. Uh, usually over time I can prove myself. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, I do see that there's a weak point in, in 
for me just yeah. as a player because I have that. So, yeah. so I think there might be even just for the reason that I could show up myself a little bit on day one when I come to a new place yeah. might be worth it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, one thing about this is in first class at Topoli, mm -hmm. we do a lot of uh, like ball handling drills mm -hmm. to just get really good ball control. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone, even if you get into Topoli, not everyone has the same back background with since you were eight or you might be playing mostly indoor mm -hmm. uh, for two years and you're physical and you have potential and you get into Topoli and you're doing great in school and you haven't played beach so much before. So the first class is a lot of uh, beach and a lot of ball handling drills. Mm -hmm. And then you get uh, good at the basic, like you can, you have a good ball feeling. Mm -hmm. And then you go more into the specifics of side out and block defense and mm -hmm. all of this. Yeah. I just to uh, put it in there, I remember yeah. Jetman Bernsen was really like, you need to have a lot of repetitions in uh, everything in first class. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I can just anecdotally say that one of the things that um, I struggle a lot with service Eve. Yeah. I'm still not the best at service Eve, um, but I struggled a lot, a lot. Uh, like before. To, to the point that like, me and, and everybody else was, was like, will he ever be able to play this sport well? Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, really, I think, helped me was uh, ball control combined with juggling, like a lot of balls in the air at the same time, yeah. having to quickly look at one ball, react yeah. to another, this kind of just like coordination with arms type of shit stuff, yeah. because Skateboarding, snowboarding, you don't use your arms much. Mm -hmm. uh, I see. And I didn't do too many other like quick reaction things with my arms either as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so, so those types of drills really felt like, for me, it felt like I was upgrading my brain. Yeah. Uh, because everyone before I did those drills always said, you need to relax, you need to relax, you need to relax. And I was like, I can't relax. That's yeah. just going to make me slower. Yeah. You um, need to be tense. Kind of. Kind of, but at the same time relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, those drills basically taught me that, it taught me how to be relaxed. Yeah. Because they force you to, to be, be comfortable quick. in the uncomfortable situation. Yes. And you get so many reps so quickly that it's like, because if you just get one service rep once a minute, mm. and you get like two milliseconds of like, okay, there I had the chance to be relaxed, but I wasn't. Yeah. then you have no idea but when you get like millions of them just yeah. then you actually get more exposure to the to the feeling and you you're more able to um notice what is happening yeah. with your tensions and stuff as as those things happen a good drill i think for this that we love we want to do this uh -huh. like every day uh, it's called two ball yeah so, so we play with two balls and until the both balls are killed at the same time yeah. then we're playing and we would go for minutes. Yeah. If, especially if we couldn't jump, we would just scream at each other, run, get the ball. And it was so fun because balls were everywhere all the time. And I think that was a good drill just to be aware of what's going on around you. And because it's so hard when the ball is, get two balls at you at the same time. Okay, I need to kick one. I need to <laughs> yeah. take the other one. And it's uh, frustrating, but it was very like, 
good just to keep the ball alive and understand who is available, where can I set, where should I put it, is the other guy running away and can I put it there? Or yeah. It was super funny and we got good at it after a while, I think. So yeah. it was a good, good drill. I agree, it's, it's a really fun game. It's, uh, I tend to run it sometimes when I coach groups and uh, people love it. They always think it's fun. Yeah. And there's also a part of coaching a group and making them laugh a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah uh, for sure, it's because, a yeah. funny drill. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good game. We can talk through it uh, just for the, whoever doesn't know what two ball is. You serve, there's two teams, they both serve one ball at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then you keep playing volleyball with both. If, one, uh, if I make a mistake, yeah. the other ball is still alive and still we going. still continue playing volleyball. Yeah. One in the team has to go and get this ball that died. Yeah. And it's I, either the same ball or any ball that's around the court, depends a little bit. We have the same ball. Okay, oh, always the same. Always the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can play it with different types of rules. Yeah. Um, but someone has to get the ball and then have to... So the team has to keep this one ball alive, but then you go and serve the other one. So then there's again two balls. Yeah. And if, uh, if one team fucks up both balls simultaneously... Then they go, uh, there's uh, a point. And we play too many points. So it's, uh, it can be a long game or it can be finished real quick if you ace or yeah. things like this. Did you guys, uh, in top volley, did you use other balls than volleyballs? Other balls than volleyballs? Yes, like smaller balls, bigger balls, lighter balls, more heavy balls. You know, just to vary ah, the, yeah. the input of the ball control. Okay, that, that's a funny question. Uh, it, it's not something we commonly used. I, I will not say that. But there were a couple of drills we did with tennis balls and medicine balls. Where okay. we were like... Uh, keeping the ball in the air, one ball in the air while playing volleyball or okay. uh, just eye-hand coordination with the tennis ball. And uh, I, I think the coaches also experience on us and what, what is going, what is a good drill. And uh, we do a lot of different types of training. Yeah. And uh, how, okay, you need to move your legs, and we have like the ball needs, the medicine ball needs to go through my hands, so I need to be quick, and then it's, uh, we play the game. Yeah. It's like different yeah. types of scenarios, and, uh, but we mostly use volleyballs because that's yeah. what we want to get good at. Yeah, yeah. Same as we, we play volleyball because that's what we want to get good at. We don't so. play f so much football in Topoli, for example, no. even though it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a, it's a very like specific school because you do what you want to get good at all the time. But we also, of course, need to get good handling, and we had uh, warm up games with only our foots and head and okay. no hands. Okay. And uh, it's not like only volleyball, but that's our focus. So yeah. why not focus on it? Okay. In practice also. So there might be a. Uh Sometimes I've seen Mole and Sorum, they uh, tend to be, joke around with the ball. And do yeah, some, for sure. Uh, whatever, so the, it might come from the school even. Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe. If there's warm-up games with only feet and, and heads, then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. And... Uh, did you ever do, like, only left-arm stuff? Only left-arm stuff? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 
Well, I remember, of course, we'd done everything. It, it was some drills where you could jump and hit with the left arm, and you can stand and hit with the right arm. It was a warm-up drill from Yetman. Ah, okay. Yeah. Just to, I don't know, maybe keep the ball alive a bit more than if we just everyone could just kill and jump with the right hand yeah. in a warm-up game. That makes sense. That's yeah. a good, pretty good one. Yeah, it was fun. Standing game if you hit with your right and you can jump and hit with your left. Yeah. And because Never when you hit with the left, every you don't know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be like straight down. Someone were hitting really good. Someone were like, whoo. Yeah. <laughs> the other Absolutely. side. Absolutely. That's a, that's a funny one. That makes sense. We we played some uh, small court, only left arm touches. Yeah. Uh, so you would receive, you would set, yeah. attack everything with your left. Yeah. And. Um, it was interesting. Actually, after we did a couple of sessions of that, so uh, what total three hours of playing with only my left arm, yeah. which also means that you only use the left arm sometimes in situations where you would normally absolutely yeah. use, your, use your right arm. Yeah. Um, but I found myself instinctually go for defense with my left arm since that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, at times when I would before I would turn my body and, yeah, yeah. and go with the right. Uh, so I think that's that's good. Uh, my Brazilian coach in Christensen is very like it's very important that you don't go with your other hand when it's better to use your left arm so yeah. and we would always get like punished if we <laughs> used our wrong hand and okay. every, everyone if someone saw you at practice doing wrong hand yeah. if you're running up a cut and you use this hand to get it up yeah. then everyone would say wrong hand and then the coach <laughs> would come and we stopped the practice and it was like uh, you had to do like six running and then hit the ball and if you didn't hit it in the court you had to do it again. Okay. Uh, it was uh, very funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Was there more takeaways from playing with a bunch of different partners than what we talked about, the flexibility, adaptability, being uh, a good partner? I don't know. Uh, it's... Uh, it's just a good thing to do because you will either way you will play with different people throughout your life. Absolutely. And it's funny. But uh, at some point, if you want to get really serious, you need to have one partner. Yeah. Or I, I think, I guess so. That, yeah. That is the way to go. So uh, it's a good start and it's good to get a great volleyball player. Yeah. And get the opportunity to get a one really good partner. Yeah. Now that does make me curious. This is how I work when I interview. Mm. Uh, I ask and then I come up with something. Uh, did they ever teach you about like how to handle a partnership long term? Like how to get even better at this? Not just the first day of strategy. Like how do we beat this with whatever we got dealt with today? But like how to think more long term with your partner that you're committed to? That's a good question. I don't, I don't really remember them talking so much about that part. I, I, that's, I maybe, that's why maybe. You have to call, call Anders and Christian and ask. Yeah, maybe you have to ask these guys. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I will not say that they didn't say anything about it because probably they did, but yeah. uh, I, I can't remember. It's not something sticking in my head yeah. that they said, yeah. to be honest long-term partnership 
at the same time i think a lot of the similar uh, ideas that work for quickly adapting like mm -hmm. also will work like you know be be open-minded communicate yeah, yeah, for sure uh, ask what the person needs yeah yeah it uh, was a big big takeaway to be a good partner yeah that was like very important um, and you had the social aspect of the whole school experience. You had to be good friends with people. Like yeah. in a sense, you guys got trained in a long-term partnership by just being at school and practicing with the same people for three years. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a weird, or it's not weird, but it's a special dynamic when you have your best friends, but also your rivals, mm -hmm. living together, training together, competing against each other. We play at the same topfully elite team mm -hmm. but in our local teams we play in a championship final against each other yeah and we are partners in this situation and we are rivals in this situation we are best friends in the dorms and in training we are competing to win in the track in the practice yeah so it's a very special dynamic i would say everyone is uh wanting to win yeah <laughs> always <laughs> that makes sense yeah that's interesting um, one question I wrote down here is um, technical, strategical things that you learn at Top Volley that you believe are seldom taught anywhere else. And that I don't think it taught anywhere else. Yeah, uh, and of course I wrote here if it's if they're secrets, then we don't <laughs> need to talk about them. But so I think it, that the first thing that comes to mind is uh, I don't know what gets taught anywhere else. <laughs> Uh, it's a good not, point. It's That's not that point. easy to say. And you haven't, you only had what, for six months to <laughs> be yeah, in the to, real world, so you haven't seen else. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, I think maybe um, it's really important to be precise in the first ball. That's yeah. a big thing uh, in reception and in free balls and in defense. Yeah. Uh, if we can get the first ball, high in the middle then we can do everything kind of yeah. that's for beach and indoor yeah. uh, if we are precise in our free ball indoor then we can run every attack yeah. if we are good reception then maybe we can start hitting on second ball in beach and we can go quick tempo or we just get more overview of what's going on mm -hmm. uh, so there was definitely a lot of uh, repetition in server reception defense high in the middle uh, but it's hard to say one thing because we we worked on everything kind yeah. of we had drills for almost everything you can imagine in volleyball mm -hmm. uh, because we had 20 hours a week yeah for three years but um i think that's maybe one of the things i would say was the most important is mm -hmm. the, the importance of being like doing the first ball be really try hard like that is the most important thing you do because if you if you mess up the first ball you set yourself up for failure in the mm -hmm. in the set and in the attack um i think that's something we we really trained on mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's a important thing uh, everywhere yeah uh, maybe not maybe not ma so maybe it is i guess it is because it's it's common sense but uh yeah yeah uh, that that was uh, like a no-brainer we had to be 
work for a good first contact and mm -hmm. then we could try to go for the hard hit and then we could go for like setting fastballs and jump set and wherever you know yeah but, did you guys practice jump setting did you become yeah. inspired by the swedes i i think i guess you went uh, to the school during the times yeah, yeah during the time that the swedes started jump setting on yeah, the world so of course we uh uh, I remember we, the coach, were talking about uh, watching a junior European Championship or something, and we need to uh, be a part of the evolving of the game. And yeah, I, they didn't talk specifically about the Swedes, but that young teams are starting to hit a lot on second balls, especially. Yeah, and jump setting is a part of it, and yeah, we worked on it. Yeah, yeah, cool, nice. Uh, yeah. It's fun to see in Sweden, you go and watch the kids happen to play together and they're, they're jump setting. <laughs> yeah, I guess everyone's jumping in Sweden now. Yeah, it's, it's fun to see. Yeah, it's hard to say how the, how the future will be in, in terms of the jump setting, and the, but I guess it's, it's come to stay, especially in the youth. Like the, if you see the, the youth championships, uh, world championships, Championships, European championships. Mm -hmm. People are hitting a lot more on second ball and jump setting than yeah. before. That's my observation. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So, I think so too. It's uh, yeah, it's like the mind virus has been planted that this is possible. Yeah, and uh, and why not? Even if people don't implement it fully, you can still add some parts of it, like yeah. When it's easy, put yeah, up a second ball. If you have a free ball, ball or, or yeah. anything, you know, yeah, it's a it's a good tool to have in your toolbox. That is also a thing we were taught. Hopefully, you need to have as many tools in your toolbox as possible, so that when you're in a situation where you get blocked on the line three times and you don't know, or you get blocked and you don't know where to go, you have a tool. You can go high hands, or you can mm -hmm. go block out, or you can go rainbow, or you know, you yeah. have. If you have every solution, then you are more free to play. And mm -hmm. you need to have every tool to be able to play at a high level. If you're only too, if you only have sharp angle and high line, then someone will take you yeah. eventually. Uh, I noticed uh, you, when we played, you talked about that if I set you too close, you're going to try to recycle the ball just yeah. by putting in the block and then we pick it up again. Yeah. And, um, the first time I really heard someone mention that, like specifically, and I really talk a lot about it, was yeah. on the Norwegian volleyball podcast, Side Out. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, I guess those guys have also gone to talk about it. Yeah, Lars Fredrik's been there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys um, practice uh, recycling? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I love it. Do you have any tips, thoughts? Uh, it's a part of the game that it, it's like one of those details that I haven't that is, is on my to-do list that yeah. I haven't gotten to yet. Like I want to learn it, but I haven't yet spent the time to to try to. I do think that. I think it makes sense because in especially indoor volleyball, the block is such a big part of the game. Mm -hmm. You have three block players, especially if there's a high set. You know you will have three block players in front of you. The chance of you get blocked is pretty big. Mm -hmm. And if no one is like covering you, then you will be passive or you will be stupid, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, 
coverage is like uh, getting a second chance yeah. to kill the to kill the ball, and it's like a no-brainer uh, that you should do it. For us, it's uh, I don't know. We we practiced a lot. We had the coverage practice, and we had uh, if you don't get the set, then you always have a you always have a next thing to do when mm -hmm. you play volleyball. It's not like okay, I didn't get the set, then uh, okay, I can rest now. It's yeah. like, okay, I didn't get the set. Where is the ball? What is happening? Okay, I covered the middle or I covered the outside. Yeah, and yeah, in indoor volleyball. In indoor. Yeah. And also, but the same thing in beach volleyball. After I set, I look at the other side. I am, I am helping my partner. Uh, where should he go? What, what could be a tips? Mm -hmm. And I cover him. Yeah. And I say, I can give him tips or I just stay close and... Yeah. Try to get a ball up. So if you're the attacking person and your partner set you too tightly on the net and yeah. there's a big block, is there something specific? Is there like a time when you decide, okay, I'm not gonna attack, I'm gonna try to recycle? Yeah, for sure. If if I know that I'm playing a, like a, a two meter guy mm -hmm. and you set me real close, yeah, and I'm in no position to win the ball, he's over the net. Yeah. It's really stupid to just be like, okay, I'm going to go all in yeah. because you're going to get blocked. Uh, then it's better to get another set or another chance to do it. Mm -hmm. So then you just either you go like the, hit the ball in the, in the block and it comes high up or you poke it up. Mm -hmm. You can even coverage yourself yeah. and, you get a, and you can set it on the first ball to the other guy or... It's Do you still try to sell with your approach that you're about to hit it hard? Or do you yeah. not care about that so much? I, I, I guess yeah. so, I guess so, but it's, that's not so important. If the block is there, then yeah. it's there. If, it, it, but, it, but I guess you They're need... They're not going to want to not be there. Yeah, you want uh, always to have a good approach to make sure that the block is there or yeah. that the other side, but... Yeah. That's not the most important thing here, I think. I think it's to communicate to your partner that I will not go for it. I will, if you set me too tight, then you need to be ready mm -hmm. that I might try to recycle the ball because yeah. if you're not ready and I'm recycling, then it's just a stupid yeah. block. <laughs> yeah. Just looks stupid. Did you do any drills of this without having a huge blocker on the other side? We used mm, like, uh, Plates and everything. Plates and everything, yeah. Yeah. We Just poke it into it and pick yeah. it up again. And, yeah. Yeah, we had uh, tons of blocking drills and coverage drills and. Yeah, with different types of tools. Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. I'm gonna do that. It's like, why not? Yeah. You, you're gonna meet tall blockers and they're gonna block you and. What do you do when you get blocked? Normally, you just get blocked and you lose the point. But what if you can just cover it? Yeah, absolutely. Then you, the blocker loses his power. For sure. I have uh, two more questions here. Yeah. That uh, are more personally about you as a player. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, well, I don't know. Kind of the same topic. Top three things that you learned in the school, I guess. Or can also be outside of the school that you think developed you most as a player. Top three things. Okay, the first thing I think about is the is the like uh, self responsibility. Like I have to 
make a good morning routine and I have to like discipline myself mm -hmm. to become an athlete. I cannot just show up to practice and rely on the coach training me and then I will get good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. I, I need to put the effort in, mm -hmm. in practice. And it's a combination of you, the other players are playing me good, but I also need to put in the effort that I'm mm -hmm. actually getting taught something. Um, so many things you learn. It's uh, you experience that if you don't sleep enough, for example. Absolutely. Uh, that's one big thing. And uh, I, if you eat too much before practice, it's like so mm -hmm. many things like that you learn. Uh, but three of the biggest things. Sorry. It's a it's a tough question. I put you on the spot because <laughs> uh, this just, is one of the types of questions that I should have given you before. Maybe, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, but I guess it's uh, there is an answer. I, I would say it's uh, what is the best, what is the the most important thing I learned from Topoli? Yeah, question. or otherwise. Sort of biggest breakthrough for you as a player, I guess. Biggest breakthrough as a player. Uh, you could reframe the question in that way. Okay. Does that make it easier? I think so. Then I can go more specific. Absolutely. You um, can go as specific as you want. Yeah. Uh, I worked a lot of reception. Yeah. I played Libro also in the lead team for a while. And then I took away my pride, even though I was a third grader and I was 190. Uh, and I got good at reception and defense. And that I implemented to the beach volleyball. Okay. And that was like, okay, I put time. And also when I broke my fingers, I just put time. Okay, I will get really good in reception. Because then I can always get a good set and then I will get better at attack. So... That was a very good thing for me. You got better at reception by doing a lot of service you or by doing... By playing Libro. By playing Libro, okay. I think in so. In indoor. In indoor, yeah. And also playing defensive player because because of my broken fingers. I had yeah. to always play defensive player for a while in third class. Mm -hmm. um, so I just worked a lot on, on my first ball. Basically. Yeah. Do you find that the indoor ball is tougher to receive than the a lot. beach? Because a lot. it's harder? It moves differently. Uh, moves, okay. I think so. And so not necessarily because the ball is different and more pumped harder. No, no. Okay. I don't think it's that. I think it's the, the movement of the float serve. Okay. That is the tricky part. Because it moves way... And it goes higher. Uh, and it's a completely different... Uh, float serve, I would say. Beach volleyball, and even if you get a hand on the on the float serve in the beach volleyball, then it goes up. Mm -hmm. But if you get a hand on the hard float serve indoor, it can go straight down and far away. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so hard and sensitive. And yeah. the a beach volleyball is more soft, and you can. It's kind of a game of reaching the ball, and then you will somehow get it up. Yeah. But in indoor, it's like. If you're not like really there yeah. and getting your angle to the setter and everything, yeah. then the ball is not going where you want it, and then you're 
Yeah. Fucked. Yeah. So yeah, the the first ball um, reception. Other things, yeah, the discipline, and uh, one more thing. <laughs> I I watched a lot of video. Maybe that's something I, yeah. think I can say. I I film. I'm the guy with the camera. Okay. Uh, everyone knew it. I was there filming uh, almost every practice, and I was making. I have edits from almost every Thursday tournament. Okay. Like short highlights. What did I do? And did these highlights improve okay. over the years? And it did. And then I could see like, okay, I'm not um, aggressive enough, or I'm doing this type of mistake mm -hmm. and uh, yeah uh, I'm not moving I, they always sure so serve me long okay so I need to stand more behind or maybe I need to get better at like turning and receive yeah so I could see what the other guys had as a strategy to me mm -hmm. and just work on that and then they couldn't do it anymore because I was yeah. good at it so I think that's also a good learning just to um record like the entire journey because then you can know yeah see, you see the progression and you know what to do against opponents you see even what they block against you that's like uh maybe uh that's true too specific but if they always block line why not just crank it hard deal? yeah 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 you know yeah that's true that's true if someone thinks it's boring to record and Organize yeah. videos. What do you say to them? Yeah, no, just, just <laughs> started, and also the, you can see that the the training is working, or you can see that it doesn't work. You know, it's it's a very like humbling ex experience when you see footage from yourself mm -hmm. one year apart, and it's like, huh? did I really not improve my setting, or did I really not improve this, or yeah. am I still doing this stupid thing after I set? You know, I know I'm never covered. You can like catch yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's it's fun to have. Uh, I also have a lot of video of myself uh, yeah. throughout the years, and it's fun to be able to go and look back at it. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, the second question I had here was, I sort of think we have already talked about it. What do you think are some of the most important skills for a beach volleyball player? I think yeah. we might have talked about this already. I think so too. <laughs> it's not, it's nothing new. It's, I don't think there's like, uh, today I wake up and I found out, oh, this is the most important. I think it's, you need to be a good teammate. You need to have a strong side out and you need to be calm when you play, have a good ball control, be flexible and able to to help your partner in difficult situations and also have all the tools in the toolbox to get out of a tricky situation. We played yesterday against a German who jumped like really, really high and he mm -hmm. blocked like crazy. But we found ways to go around him and over him and serve him tough mm -hmm. and then we got like an opening and we can yeah. pull on him and we so I think it's uh, getting experience having tools ball control being a good partner yeah, yeah. makes sense 
That's a good. That's a good summary. <laughs> Those four, maybe the most important. Yeah. Uh, the top public school can non-Norwegians go to it? Probably not. I don't. I don't think so. No. Uh, I'm gonna be really careful here. Yeah. Maybe uh, check it out. Yeah. Uh, send a message to Topoli. Uh, we have an Instagram account, Topoli Norway. Um, just ask questions. I think we there's have, someone in there answering. Yeah, there's someone answering there. I used to be the one. Okay. <laughs> answering a lot of uh, on the social media, yeah. and now there's some other people. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, ask questions, and you will get some answers. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, now that you know, at least have some experience of what it's like to be on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, who do you enjoy listening to being interviewed on the Learn Beach Follow Fast podcast? Who I enjoyed? Uh, who would you enjoy? Oh, like, well, if you could choose any guest, your dream guest that I would interview, who would that be? Evan uh, Marvik. Evan Yeah. The founder of Top The Ball. founder of Top Boy. Yes, I would hear. I would want to hear him talk about. Uh, I love to hear him talk, and uh, in this kind of situation, I think it would be very interesting. Yeah, he has so many good ideas, and he's a very wise man. Yeah, so uh, I think he will. This be, is the guy with the vision. That's that's the guy. If you want to learn about Topoli, he's yeah. the complete. Do you know if he started the whole thing by himself, or there was? Like, how many other people didn't he need to involve, or was he just like, oh, I'm gonna start this thing? <laughs> I guess it was. And it's gonna be like nothing else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds crazy. Uh, and also, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's like yeah, in yeah. a small fjord town. Yeah, it's an interesting choice of place. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and he lives there, so he's. Uh, oh, okay. And he has family there and everything. It's uh, perfect for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, check it out. Also, I, w- I don't want to say anything wrong. I don't want to. Don't get credit to someone. Yeah. But I, I know that uh, there's some really good, uh, like, uh, like economy that is backing the mm-hmm. the project. Okay. That's really important. Yeah. Startkraft. It's like. Uh, uh, energy company that's uh, yeah. supporting Topoli. Yeah. Um, so I guess they are very involved. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's even Marvik who would yeah. take the most of the credit. Yeah. It's been many coaches and uh, Kåre Mool has been part of it and Jatman and many names have been yeah. uh, been a part of Topoli for a long time. Yeah. And also like legendary teachers been there since the beginning. But I think Evin Marvik is the one, if you would say one. He's like the origin of the whole thing. The original founder, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think this has been a great, uh, I don't know how long we've been going on for. I mean, uh, for a while, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there something you wish we would have talked about that we haven't? You're going to get to share your Instagram or whatever, where people can follow you. But other than that, is there any topics that you feel that we should have talked about that we missed? I think we covered topfully very good. Yeah. Uh, I also think that it's hard to describe this place with only words and if you want to see how it looks and like videos, um, Beach Viking is made 
good video like about the entire thing they did mm. and also you have a youtube channel do you have videos from the school i have uh, videos yeah from the like daily life and uh, like a normal day at topoli okay and, uh, weekends so the question i asked you before what is a normal day you already have a video i have i already have video of it but <laughs> okay. uh, so if you want to check it out it's uh from second class, first class, third class, okay. trips, and uh, everything. So, so I for sure need to put those in the description of the episode. You might uh, need to. <laughs> uh, in combination with the Vikings video. Yeah, uh, it would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nice. Where do, where do people follow you if they feel like doing that? Instagram, YouTube? Instagram, YouTube. That's my main channels, I think. And you said you have a last name that people cannot. Yeah, I think you should but, but write I, it. I, I think I think there's a way. Let's let's do this. It's Leon. Yeah. <laughs> and the second name it's dot. And what is the second one uh, in Norwegian? In Norwegian, um, saltbones. Yes. So this is salt bones. It's you can say salt bones. <laughs> I will never say salt bones myself. <laughs> but I guess if you're not Norwegian, you would if say it. Yes, yes, because it means something completely yeah, different. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, but it's spelled the same way as salt bones. Yeah, Leon dot dot Loveland. It's uh, this one is going to be difficult for real. I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, I think but but I think if people search for Leon dot um, uh, so, <laughs> that salt bones on Instagram, I think the rest will show up. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna my guess. Up. Also, I can link it in the, <laughs> <laughs> I can link it in the description. Uh, nice. I'm definitely, I can notice I'm getting tired here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, but this was, uh, this was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I definitely learned and got some new ideas. I hope you did too. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, um, really I hope good. hope the listeners did. And um, yeah, um, if you found this episode valuable, feel free to share it to others. And uh, of course, if you haven't subscribed to um, my YouTube channel, podcast, uh, do it. YouTube channel, podcast, Instagram. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> uh, this project grows by people sharing it. And um, the more the project grows, the easier it becomes for me to create this type of content for you guys. So yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Thanks yeah. for coming. Thank you. Practice tomorrow. Practice tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to sleep. Let's do it.